We got one. Thanks, Lucas. When I can't think of a good intro, I'm Lucas. Um, I don't know if anyone has a good intro, so we're just going to get into the pod. Uh, we got Carter, SD, and we are welcoming a special guest, one of our good friends, one of our brothers, our partners, our one of our best friends in the world, our family. Uh, Trevor is here, Trevor IDK on Twitter. Um, you might have been recently seeing him spam the Jim Harbaugh Big Ten <laughs> trophy picture in your timeline, and justifiably so. I, I can admit that now after I've gotten over it. Uh, Trevor, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Pleasure <laughs> Trevor, to be here. Talk Trevor, about my how, does it, how does it feel to only have a Big Ten championship because the Iowa offensive coordinator is a piece of shit with slick I mean, back hair? He was eating sloppy <laughs> steaks at St. Elmo's. I don't even like. Uh, I re- I remember watching that game, and their receivers would create like a little bit of separation, and then Petrus, it was just like ten yards down the field. Like he just like, <laughs> I, like I could not believe that. I don't know if it was like the pass rush getting to him, like mentally, but oh, oh my god, like that guy couldn't hit water if he thought of a boat. And then they like, they put they they made the quarterback switch at halftime. And they like go down the field immediately and then blow it in the red zone on fourth down with a terrible play call. It was a uh, best game of my life. So there were times, there were times where Petrus would get out of the pocket. And because of the uniform and the fact that he wears number seven, you could have told me that was Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and I would have believed you. <laughs> he read, yep. he read like a PS2 batted character, just jogging <laughs> along. He looks like he probably thinks he's running super fast, but in reality, just looks like the slowest person. Looks like uh, Talani Tavai running the SpongeBob. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. (laughs) Uh, We'll get. We'll just start there because we'll talk Spider Man, and we'll just tell people if they don't want to watch or don't want to listen to spoilers and just end the pod. That'll probably be the easiest thing. Um, So, like, what do you like? I know this has been an incredible season, and I know that we beat you guys, but like, it's like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a shit. Um, after that, like, what was it like to go to Indian and actually see your team win? Cause I've only been once and I was there for the Wisconsin game. So like it, it was pretty, it was a pretty incredible experience because I just gotten back from vacation the day before. Um, so I meet, I was like on a flight for three hours, got home at like 11 PM went to bed and then immediately woke up the next day and drove to Indy. And then after the game, I just drove home because the thought of sleeping in a hotel bed another night was like the worst possible thought I could think at the time. <laughs> we didn't go to St. Elmo's though. We just, we ended up going to some hole in the wall Italian place. Cause we got there kind of late and we we're just like walking around looking for food, me and my girlfriend. And we, we like pop in, we're like, Oh, this place is, so cool i don't even remember the name and then they're like oh yeah we're a huge chain i was like <laughs> i thought this was like some hole in the wall indie specialty yeah, um, Buket. trevor went to uh buca de pepo <laughs> was it maggiano's or I, something i don't know that the place that sd just said kind of sounds familiar that might be it <laughs> <Buca de> pepo. <laughs> uh. but all in all it was a it was a really incredible trip i don't i don't want to like talk too much about it because i don't like i oh. feel like i'm bragging but no I, um i would if i were you shit 
you know what sucks is like I, I thought we had a chance to beat Ohio State. I didn't give us a good chance. I said it was like 70-30, and we had to play our best game of the season, and we did. Yeah. Um, but the tickets to the Big Ten title the night before were $53. I was like – and that was lower bowl. And then as soon as the game, the Ohio State game ended, I like went on my phone. I was like, there's no way I'm missing this game. Like, right. I don't know when the next time it could happen. Like I'm just going to bite the bullet. And the tickets were like four times that. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, it's worth it for the memory, man. Like it really is like, you'll never forget it. Like you said. And if, if next time MSU goes, I'm going no matter what the price is. You have to, it's like, if you're an Ohio state fan, I can get why you probably don't go, but if you're a Penn right. state, Michigan, uh, Michigan state fan, Wisconsin, well, Wisconsin goes a lot, but I don't know if, if your program doesn't go that much, you should definitely go. It was well worth the money. Yeah, I mean, my 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 sense of it gets jaded when you see, uh, oh, who the f- Russell Wilson throw a bomb to um, Duckworth or whatever his name was, like right where your right where your section is. Tammy Duckworth, the the U.S. Congresswoman. <laughs> oh, I think it was a Duckworth or something because I keep thinking of Jared Aberderis and it wasn't him. But um, anyway, so oh, go go ahead. Actually, really quick. You guys like had your whole run in with Iowa fans, right? Uh, uh, am I crazy? Well, last year on Twitter, we we kind of had a spat with Lucy Rodine for a bit. Well, there was there were Iowa fans next to me, and I'm not very like aggressive or like I'm not like in your face during a game, right? But this guy, he was like he was really drunk, and he was like talking crap. He's like, Iowa historically is a better program than Michigan. I was like. <laughs> Based on what? And he was like, we have more players in the NFL. I was like, and we looked it up. They have like one more player in the NFL. Iowa fans, zero out of ten. Worst people. Well, let me let me ask you this, Trevor. Does Michigan wave at sick kids? I don't think they do. I don't think they wave at sick kids. Ooh. So, oh, checkmate. That's true. Yeah, but they are racist, so. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, Kirk Kirk Ferentz just, yeah. Uh, Trevor, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on, even though you have ADHD and anxiety. Um, I know it's hard to do a lot of things uh, with with those with those disorders. Uh, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I'm watching college hoops right now on the TV in the office. Uh Per chance, off the top of your head, do you guys know what Arizona is ranked in the top twenty-five? Aren't they like top five? They're sixth. Okay, Dude, they kicked they kicked our ass in Las Vegas. That was like that was the worst I've seen a Michigan team. Well, of course, who, you, who was there? <laughs> oh, that was a, that was the infamous ass crack game from <laughs> the ass crack game. I had no idea Arizona is like the most under the radar top ten team. In the nation, they're kind of getting boat raced by Tennessee right now. But this is a Mickey Mouse season, anyway. No, you guys are good. It's not Mickey Mouse. Well, yeah, we're if we do well and we don't get any games postponed, we're, we're it's not Mickey Mouse. But if you know, if we go far enough and then the games get canceled, yeah, it's Mickey Mouse. Um, yeah, Omicron's gonna fuck everyone's shit up. Omicron's yeah, gonna fuck this season up again. I read a tweet that said, uh, COVID went back, studied the film, and got better. Like that was, so, <laughs> that was such a good tweet. Uh, so 
so let's just talk the Georgia game. Um, I don't know if the lines dropped because I know like COVID's impacted. I saw JT Daniels tested positive. So that's going to be something to keep an eye out on, even though he's not the starter. Um, like, I don't know. I know the line was like Georgia pretty much by a touchdown and a little bit more. Um, like what, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? I know some people are just like happy to be there, but like, you know, I was happy to be in the playoff in 2015. And then I realized how much it fucking sucked to lose that game. And it, we still get reminded of it as you know. So like, what, what are your thoughts going into this? It, it's it's funny because I, like I feel like the match the peak matchups for both teams it's like the same like our like, I don't know how to I don't know how to put this but like our offense against their defense I feel like would be our sh- our strength that we have going for us and then vice versa so, like okay. it's it's our two strengths going at each other because um, I, I think our defense is good but. Right. I don't know. Like our run game this year has been, it's, I thought it was a joke in September, but I wouldn't, would have never admitted it then. Like the Washington game had me very worried, Mm -hmm. but I think us going into their defense. So it's who's their nose tackle is Jordan Davis. That's his name, right? Yeah. But it's, so it's like our strength O-line run game. Their strength is just defense. Um, right. So it's, it's, I had the same feeling as I did going into the Ohio state game. It's like 70, 30 and we need to play our best game. Yeah. I mean, I, I won't forget that Michigan Ohio state game for a while, just cause like we were in my car tailgating, well, tailgating, I guess. And like watching it. And I think when it was, I don't know, I think they led 28 to 13. Am I right? That yeah. sounds right. Um, yeah. I, I pretty much turn it off. I'm like, this is over. Like it, it felt like just watching the, the, on my phone in my car, I was like this you're clearly the better team. Like there's, I don't think Michigan, I don't think Ohio state's going to come back. And I hadn't seen that out of Michigan in you know, a very long time. So, I mean, it was going to happen eventually. I haven't seen it in my lifetime. No. Right. I have not like, I started watching Michigan football in 2004. Wow. When I was 10. Right so, when they last won the Big Ten. So, yeah, it's, it's right. something new to you. Kind of like when we were – when D'Antonio came aboard, we were, like, very weary. You know, we had the same old Spartan kind of, you know, shine. And then he started winning these games that we weren't supposed to win. And then, it, to me, it became we're going to win these games. So, I think that that's what you should be – you know, that that's kind of what you're going through, if that if that makes sense in any way. I mean, I hope I, like I get that Jim Harbaugh has been a little underwhelming considering his what he was hyped up to be. But like at the end of the day, he's a really good coach. Like he's won 10 games or more in four out of his seven seasons. Like that's that's not easy to do, especially in Michigan. We saw the last two coaching hires are god awful. And how do you replace famous alumni that win 10 games a season with right. like somebody like Matt Campbell or like that's, it's just big shoes to fill. So him finally getting over that hump, I'm hoping it's not just this team and it's a one-off like coach O in 2019. That's like my biggest fear. Hmm. 
I, I'm, I'm hoping it's similar to Clemson a la, like, 2016. Right. Where they just they just took the next level after losing to South Carolina, however many, like, 10 years in a row or whatever it was. Well, and, and it's like – and, you know, I I did have this in the back of my head. I just didn't feel like addressing it that D'Antonio's first Big Ten title – well, title game didn't exist until 2011, but, like, his first Big Ten title – outright was year seven and this is year seven of Jim Harbaugh and Dabo didn't really get things going until year six or seven so I mean the parallels are there as much as we don't like to admit it as MSU fans they're there so I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with this Michigan team especially since you know COVID might be running rampant through Georgia if if things develop even more I mean that would be a hell of a hell of a way to get the national title game if you just don't have to play and then you just get like Alabama or no fucking way, but you get Cincinnati or something. That would just be, it'd be so fucking weird to, to, to see that. Like you just, you just get a call and say, Hey, you're going to uh, Indianapolis. I'm sorry. I have to talk about this COVID. I have to talk about this COVID thing. Like okay. coaches get their players so many out of so many tests. So many fucking tests. Like, Nick Ward was never once suspended for weed when he was at Michigan State. I saw that motherfucker stone off his ass and blaze pizza like four times. So how the fuck can they not, like, figure out how to cheat COVID tests? Like, what the fuck? Like, why are these, why are these mother, one, why are they testing fully vaccinated and boosted players? Two, like, why are they, like, how are these outbreaks so so prevalent in these programs right now after See, after a season where it's been minimal to non-existent? You know what's crazy? It's like all these positive tests, especially in the NBA. It's like every hour I'm getting a Woj tweet on my phone where it's like, oh, so-and-so has entered health and safety protocols. But it's like, it wasn't even like this last year. Right. You know what I mean? Well, like how much of the, the rules or whatever... Sorry. I mean, until Christmas, so it was only like four days, but yeah. I mean, yeah. And they're not allowing their players to go to the Olympics. I I think we need to – I'm not trying to sound – I'm not putting on my MAGA hat. I think we need to <laughs> revisit the parameters of testing. Like, okay, so for example, my work just, just passed – or not passed, but they're enforcing starting January 10th, like – anyone who's not fully vaccinated has to do testing once a week. Um, you know, if you're symptomatic, if you feel symptoms then you got to do it more than once, but like anyone who's fully vaccinated doesn't have to do it unless like they're in close contact. And I, I, I think we just need to, I'm not saying we need to not take it as seriously, but there's some, something needs to be done different with the protocols in, in certain manners, like in terms of if you're fully vaccinated, especially if you have your booster or whatever, maybe kind of give those people a little more parameter for certain things. Like if they're not feeling sick, if that makes sense. And if they're not, I don't know, you, you know what I'm trying to, I hope people know what I'm trying to say. You know, what's no. great is like the whole, the whole not testing fully vaxxed people. Like the, when the NFL, I think the NFL just came out and said they weren't going to test them as much unless they had symptoms. Yeah, you're right. So that's like a whole new, that's a whole new concept to me. I, like I hadn't even thought, about that because i'm like oh well if they have covid we don't we don't know the long-term effects 
but um no i like it's i'm fully vaxxed fully and i'm boosted and i i went out on in ann arbor on saturday night like no one's wearing a mask it's just it's it's a big difference from chicago <laughs> was it like, a maskless in chicago paradise? you had to wear a mask yeah <laughs> it was a maskless <laughs> paradise i like it's just it's 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 not surprising that it's going crazy right now in michigan i don't know no i well here's here's the problem i have right is is you're telling you're telling people to like not see their families during the holidays don't do anything outside don't don't like put yourself in social settings put your mask back on right but if you're not at work you're fired so like why why should anyone take fucking covid seriously right People took COVID seriously the first time because they sent almost everyone home and paid them to stay home. If you're not willing to do that again, then stay the fuck out of my mentions about how, about how I shouldn't go see about how I shouldn't gather with my family or go to the peach bowl in Atlanta. Fuck off. I agree. If if you're not going to pay me to stay home, I'm not fucking staying home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm vaxxed. I'm boosted. I did what I fucking supposed, what I'm supposed to do. Right. These assholes want to these assholes want to get vent. These assholes want to get put on ventilators. More power to them. But God damn it. Enough. E fucking enough. It's it's gotten to the point the the government doesn't give a fuck. They're going to do a triangle shirtwaist. They're going to do a triangle shirtwaist fire with the whole country because they can't they don't they don't want to. It's not that we can't afford to. They don't want to do another lockdown because it's politically unpopular. Right. So well, they'll never do it again. It'll right, never, they'll, never, they'll never do it again. again. So bitching oh. about cases, bitching about bitching about mask mandates, bitching about vaccine mandates is fucking useless. The only thing you can do now I mean, is a vaccine mandate. And if you institute a vaccine mandate, you're getting voted out. So. I mean, if we had this conversation with somebody earlier with like student loan payments getting. <laughs> Uh, pushed off again it's like i don't know if they just did what they were supposed like they said they were going to on the campaign trail and then that stuff i I think it would be completely different just cancel them all you have to really do is i would would be happy i go ahead i mean the student loan thing when i was like 17 Right. <laughs> like my first one, I took out when I was 17. It's like we were told if we don't go to college, we're wasting our time and like we're idiots essentially. Yeah. So we're going to be fucking wild. If we didn't go to university. Yeah. So wh- whatever. I can afford to pay them, but it would be nice if I didn't have to, especially after they said they were going to cancel them yeah. or at least drop 10K. Bare minimum. Right. Right. Like we can afford to pay off our loans, but we can't afford to buy a house. And we can't afford to put money back into the account. So whatever. This isn't a, a modern monetary theory podcast. So <laughs> that's, way too, that's way too deep for my brain. Yeah. So, but just back to the COVID stuff. Like, I just like if you if you're not if we're if you're not gonna lock down, if you're not gonna reinstitute mass mandates, if you're not gonna reinstitute vaccine mandates, then telling people to be careful and like saying and releasing a statement where you're like, if you're unvaccinated, like it's going to be a long winter of death. You just look like a fucking asshole. Like you just look like a fucking asshole. Right. 
all you're doing is all you're doing is playing to your crowd. So I don't really fucking care. I'm going to do what I feel like is best for me. If I test positive, I'm not going to go anywhere. Right. I'm going to quarantine because that's what I should do. But as long as I don't feel any symptoms, I'm not going to fucking worry about it because it's because enough there. I'm not going to be able to work from home. I'm not going to be able to get paid for not working. So fuck off. Yeah, I I will say I have had it easy because of my job's ability to work from home. So it's like I never go anywhere. I could work from home, but I don't think I would unless like the person that's in my office tested positive and I had to quarantine. That would that would be it. I, I'd love to work from home right now, but like you said, yeah, I'm it's it's just of the I think when the mask mandates got lifted in May originally, four weeks before they were supposed, four weeks ahead of the curve, Michigan, yeah, yeah, four weeks ahead of where they were supposed to. Yeah, Whitmer. All of a sudden, it was like a Friday, and she just goes like, "Hey, by the way, no mask tomorrow. LOL. See you later. Have a great weekend." And then, like, and I think at that point she just was like, "It's sink or swim now. Fuck it." You have the vaccine or you don't. You can make a decision for yourself one way or another how you want to choose to live your life. I'm not going to be your baby anymore. And then what was great is like when cases started going back up, the people who are anti-vax were like, why isn't Whitmer shutting down again? Why is she protecting us? I'm like, hey, dipshit. She was trying to protect you. (laughs) And you... You 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 gave haircuts outside the Capitol building. You you threw little piss diapers all over the place, and, and this is getting out of hand. But but uh, this is going to be an interesting holidays. I just hope that everyone stays safe and healthy, including all including you guys, all of us. Just make great decisions. Hashtag get vaxxed or wear a damn mask. That <laughs> kid go. All right, so to transition to transition to hoops real quick before we talk Spider Man, um, which take of mine do you think is more is more controversial? Hmm. Um, the fact that I think Scotty Hazelton should be fired, or my take that Tom Izzo should stop recruiting uh, white people? <laughs> Definitely <Probably better>. that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I've had it. I fucking had it. Jackson Kohler, Jackson Kohler better be Drew Neitzel and Matt McQuaid, like thrown into like uh thrown into like the fly, like com- combination machine because <laughs> I've fucking, I've had it up to here with fucking white people. I, I, I mean, I, I guess you, go, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah. You, you guys have had what? Kithier, Foster, and then. Foster who what, just beat uh, fucking Alabama last night. Hauser, yeah. I I don't know. Like that's tough because <laughs> I, I don't know how much of it is just those people suck at basketball. I don't think it's like a general race issue. <laughs> like no, there's some white hoopers. I don't know, See, especially in college, my, dude. Corey Kisper, my only Chet, problem, my only he, problem with critical race theory is that it doesn't go far enough. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you? But seriously, but seriously, oh, and, and Lucas and Carter, correct me if I'm wrong. 
But like every time we play Oakland, especially in Detroit, they play us way closer than than is like comfortable than is usually comfortable for us. And like for me, I think like okay, like Campy's kind of got a squad this year. I'll be interested to see what they do. And then they win like four games in the Horizon League. Yeah, like we're twenty and zero against them in, in MSU's lifetime. But like, I maybe what eighteen of those have been like shit your pants. This is a really close game. They like, took us to overtime as number one. Yeah, and they <laughs> were up by double digits in that game multiple times. Tate Felder was getting every bucket he wanted in that game. Oh, and then then a couple years later with Kendrick Nunn, we weren't number one. We were really close. Like, Kendrick Nunn shot the shit out of the ball, and that was, like, I think, like a 100-97 to final or something. It was insane. We we played them last year. I just looked it up, and it was, like, 81-71. And that was, like, really before, like, we knew Michigan was any good. That was our second game of the season. And – I just remember, like, the whole broadcast are like, this Oakland team, next season's the season. <laughs> so, I got – I don't know. They lost Braden Burke, which was tough. That's, you know. Yeah. He just never <laughs> yeah, no, got but- <laughs> right. He never got right after that COVID. After the worst COVID. case of COVID of all time. <laughs> no slander on his name. Even though people right. – <laughs> He got it worse than the Even guy who ate the bad people suit. Di- died of COVID. Yeah. Tens of million are that dead. guy was probably straight. He was probably good. The guy that ate the bad soup. He probably just had a little tummy mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, had some delicious bad soup, dude. I don't know. He just had the he just had the tumble. He just had the tummy rumbles. That's all he yeah, had. He took some tums. He was good, dude. He went so to his office the next like, day. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that that bat that bat went right through me. <laughs> I'm not having bad again before I go to work. <laughs> uh, so, another great transition. If uh, if you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, turn, turn the pod off. Thanks for listening. We gave you about 30 minutes of content, so, you know, it's a good episode. Um, and now we're going to talk Spider-Man No Way Home, the biggest movie of the year, probably the biggest movie since Avengers Endgame, I mean, especially with box office numbers and how many people are talking about it and will talk about it for a long time and the, the ripple effect it has in the MCU. Um, I want you guys to go off. I'll chime in. Um, I'll just say that I think it is the third best Spider-Man movie ever made. I I'm, I'm, I'm 34. I'm older than all of you. As I say, every episode, I'm 34 years old, John Hamm meme. Um, I think Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 1 and 2 are better. Not by much. It's close. Oh, sh- you'll, get your tur- you'll get your turn, Trevor. Um, <laughs> so that, that's, that's my uh, opening thoughts, like, around the horn. We'll just go ahead and whoever wants to go, go first. Well, I, I think um, I, I agree with you. I mean, we have, we have the movies placed differently, Lucas, but uh, – you know, I, I see a lot of people calling this a top five MCU movie, and I don't know if I necessarily agree, but um, I do. I did have a really good time. I, I had an awesome time. Um, it was great to be back in a theater and to have everyone go nuts and clap and and kind of and kind of go off. And Obama uh, was there. Yeah, Obama was there. Everyone was crying. Uh, 
But I think this, I think the end of this movie did the best. I think this, the ending of the movie was the smartest thing Marvel has done in a while. Um, and we can talk about it later uh, once we finish our around the horn thoughts. But yeah, I, I, you know, it was awesome. Like, I, like there was going to be, if, if, you know, the worst kept secret in fucking Hollywood, uh, like it was, there was always going to be a floor right to this movie. There's a floor to all Marvel movies. I feel like, um, even the bad ones like Eternals and Thor, the dark world, like you still get like, you still get a mild amount of enjoyment out of this, but I think it handled everything. <laughs> Thor, dark world and Iron Man two. I'd turn them off. Thank you. Listen, Iron Man two Awful. is worth it. Iron Man two is worth it for Sam Rockwell alone. I, he's so, so fucking. The, the, he's so fucking good in the movie. That I want my bird. Where's my <laughs> that? No, more terrible. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't speak Russian. Isn't, isn't <laughs> yeah. he coming back no. from? They're they're rumored to have him for like Armor Wars or something. Yeah, I, I mean he wasn't. He was in jail. I can't wait. I fucking love. I fuck with Sam Rockwell hard. No one's better at playing a, no one's better at playing an, an unforgivable racist you feel bad for than Sam Rockwell. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen uh, all of Thor: The Dark World. To be completely honest, I think, I. Seen, I think I've seen some of it, but I haven't ever finished it. I mm. when I lived at home, my my stepdad buys all those movies, and like I was like, it was over Thanksgiving break one time. I like popped that in. Turned it off. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> I think it's I watched it IMAX and I'm like, kind of want my money back. I'm glad Taika Watiti took over uh, directing Thor because yeah. he made it fun. And I know like I know like MCU purists or whatever, you know, they don't they don't like when Marvel movies are fun and all that stuff. But like do you, you go to the movies to like have a horrible time? I don't know. Um Okay. Well, so, let me piggyback off what yeah, SD said because I like I, I felt like the ending of the movie was it wasn't fulfilling of Spider-Man. Like it was overall it was a good movie, but there're just like plot holes that I'm not sure if I'm missing. Like Doctor Strange casts that spell and he's like everyone forgets Peter Parker. So like the Peter Parkers that just helped him are they forgotten about in their universes? <laughs> Like, yeah, they just disappeared. They went back to their yeah, timelines. Yeah, but in their timelines, since he cast that spell, oh, did shit, that that's a good make them? That's, that's a good question. We'll, yeah, I guess yeah, we'll so, find out. Because <laughs> like, he said, overall, yeah, he I really like the movie. Parker. No, go I ahead. Know. Sorry. So, I thought that the movie was really good. Um, I thought. I'm not. I'm not just saying this to be like a troll, but I thought Tobey Maguire's performance was just all right. His his lines were very stale, and you tell that Tom and Andrew are just better actors. I like. I don't know how to explain it. Like Andrew Garfield, Garfield came in, and his entry scene is hilarious. Like him and MJ, where she's like throwing the bread at him, and he's like, "Why'd you do that?" And then. So like, that scene was just so perfect. I like I, the movie. Andrew, 
with the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Oh no, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Sorry, I'll let you guys finish. I'll let you finish. Um, and then like Toby comes in, and they like there was a really confusing line where he's like, "I've seen you two before, but oh yeah, that wasn't your Spider Man." I was like, "So when did when did you?" When did you see them? Like, so that was kind of funky to me. Um, I think he saw him in then, this universe. Like, but like, they, why they would he know that portal Ned there? And he was oh. looking for. He thought he was looking for Andrew Garfield, but he thought that was Tom Holland. That's the way I gathered it. Yeah, I felt really bad because I saw those scenes like on TikTok uh, the day before. <laughs> oh, um, damn, I did too. Yeah. I, I took a sabbatical yeah. from Twitter and then I opened TikTok and it's literally them about to do the scene where, you know, they punch Lizard, Sandman, and Electro. Like, they're all, like, crouched yeah. together. I'm like, oh, god damn it. And I just, I just like, turn off but, TikTok. I mean, you knew that was coming. So, like, those that spoiler, that was whatever. Yeah. Um, but, like, as, like SD said... I still think that both Avengers movies, like the last two Avengers movies are better than this. And mm-hmm. I think that second Captain is better still. And then also Civil War. But it was good. I had so much fun. It was so cool being around that many people and like people's reaction to them showing up. It was awesome. Yeah, like my, I went I went to IMAX Thursday night. I mean, I think we all went Thursday night. Um, yeah. Did you, Trevor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I went yeah, to I went IMAX, like... and when like there were there were five three moments that I remember is Matt Murdock showing up and like half the crowd going nuts and half the crowd kind of talking like, yeah. who is that? Bro, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Somebody next to me the entire time had their phone on and they were talking like not even whispering at all. And and the person next to me, she was like, oh, I had to Google who that was. I was like, oh, shut up. Please. Oh my god. I would I would kill him, because because when I saw him I was like oh shit oh let's go, I was getting so hyped. Dude, Lucas told me he never, Lucas told me he never watched those. No, but I knew I knew of Charlie Cox, but like yeah yeah. Especially but you when, gotta when watch the, the Daredevil show. Daredevil is an awesome show. Yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna give it. it is, I'm like, on vacation after tomorrow, so I'm gonna give it a shot. Well, I mean, I'm going to watch it. Um, and then when I. There was a bigger reaction with Garfield showing up than Toby. Yeah, same. Uh, maybe not. But like when Toby showed I, I up, I, so. I stood up and I said, that's my good friend, my brother, <laughs> Toby McGuire. It's been too long, family. I miss you. And everyone just looked at me and booed me. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I teared up when I saw Toby. I'm not trying to be all emo on it, but like uh, that that's my not childhood but like that's a spider-man i grew up watching so it was like i can see why people cheered way more for garfield than mcguire and like and i get i definitely get where you're coming from trevor with the whole um with the whole toby seemed kind of like he was mailing it in especially we watched it on sunday again uh with my wife's family and yeah i can it he's just kind of like huh i was in there and now I'm here. Sorry for going through your thing. And Garfield's just like oozing chemistry. And what I was going to say is like with the Garfield Spider-Mans, he was never the problem in those movies. And no. 
I was so happy. We'll, we'll go into it, but like he gets redemption later on and it, it makes me want them to really do another Spider-Man with him. If he wants it, I say, go for it. I was talking to Carter about it last night. Like I want him to be the Spider-Man in the Sony verse or yeah. whatever they're calling this. Like why can't he should be the one to fight Venom and like that whole line where he's like, Oh, I've never fought an alien. I want to fight an alien. I'm hoping that's like, Ooh, yeah. That would be, you know, yeah. Cause they kind of, I mean, I thought Tom Hardy was just going to stick in the MCU for a minute, but then all of a sudden he's portaled or, you know, I mean, he's brought back to his universe, but I could see that where, where he tries, where he remembers Spider-Man and then goes to look up New York city and he sees Andrew Garfield. So I think that's the way they can include him. And I mean, now technically, I think it's this way. Technically, all the Spider-Man movies are MCU movies now. Don't well, fight in, though, yeah. Except, I, except Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Well, I mean, Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is because we have Electro in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, how come they didn't find oh, a yeah. cure for Paul Giamatti's rhino? What's the <laughs> cure for Paul Giamatti's rhino? Is it an accent coach Thera- and tattoo it's, removal? I was going to say tattoo removal. Therapy. <laughs> therapy. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. It's because the- <laughs> he was just angry. That was the worst portrayal of a character I've ever seen. So I think in response to Tobey Maguire's um, performance is I was willing to cut him a little slack because uh, it's hard to be peeled off a poker table that you've been <laughs> at for, for three years. And to just walk into a role that you did when you were like mid twenties and now you're like almost 50 years old (laughs) (laughs) and you've done nothing but sit and bluff and throw chips in the middle of a table for like 10 years. Didn't they call him old at some point in the movie? Like I think, I think uh, MCU Peter called him old or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think made made some comment. I'm glad. I think it was smart. With the Spider, sorry to cut you off, Trevor, but I think it was smart with the with the other two Spider Men to like not pretend you pulled them out like straight from their last movies, right? Like they yeah. kind of did time, they kind of had time off screen, and like straight up, like in I I got to give my MVP right now, and I got to give it to Andrew Garfield, like. Yep. I think you know, like, yeah. I think going in, like, you knew Alfred, Alfred Molina was going to deliver. You know, you knew Defoe was going to deliver. You know, Tom, you knew Tom Holland was going to deliver, right? But, I mean, Andrew Garfield is, like, legitimately probably the best actor to ever play Spider-Man. Yeah, like, I, I think there's no question. Like, I've been, like, I watched some of Tick, Tick, Boom. Great movie. And... Like, he was like, yeah, I really wanted to do this movie, so I just learned how to fucking sing. Like, that's, like, next level, like, acting. And, like, when he's not, like, directed by fucking Mark Webb, fucking <laughs> yeah, fucking hack who should be directing Bruce Willis VOD movies. He probably is now. The Gaul movies. <laughs> yeah, Cosmic, who should be directing, like, a hard, <laughs> a hard time to kill. With fucking Bruce Willis and Chad Michael Murray. He should do a real Crashmore movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a shit. 
I don't give a shit. <laughs> so there's like stuff I wanted to get your guys' opinion on, but like the best line in the whole movie was like when they are like Andrew and Tom are in their suits and Andrew's like, so are you going to, do you have a suit or are you just going as a cool youth pastor? <laughs> and that was like, and it was just delivered so well. Like the redemption arc for Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. It, I've never seen anything like it. It was incredible. Like, there are so many people. He was so good. And when- then, I also I thought all the villains in this movie were really good and none of them felt like fan service except Sandman. I, he's just like everyone else has a purpose and then Sandman's like, I want to go home. I have a daughter. <laughs> that's like all the guy has said in both movies. Well, that's Dude, really all he said in, in 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 his defense. That's really all he said in Spider-Man 3 too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's me, Fred Marco. Oh. I killed okay. your I killed your uncle. Do you remember me? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Thomas Sand, and I I'm Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> you remember me from that show Wings? Uh, oh, you probably don't. I was the English never... teacher at EZA. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he was great movie. I, I don't think I've I don't think I've seen that guy in anything other than that. Daily Spider Man, incredible theory. in that movie, The Tooch Man. Um, she, Choo-choo was on a heater. Oh, uh, just real quick. The part when he's talking to their son and their son realizes he's like, I'm adopted. And he goes, what? <laughs> You've got to be. We 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 didn't want to tell you. And he's like a young black kid. That's the best part of the movie. Um, so I want to talk about the villains. Um, Willem Dafoe, Jesus Christ. Incredible. Home run, grand slam out of the park. He, Wilt Chamberlain numbers. Yeah, Wilt Chamberlain yeah. with the 100 sign. Speed boost and the ladies. <laughs> and the ladies or and everyone and, and a pile of money. And Don Thomas is in the background with him. My good friend, Willem Dafoe. Um, knocked up our... He, uh, he... But I'll go back to him. Like, Jamie... Uh, well, Electro. They basically just were like... Jamie Foxx was probably like, I don't want to be blue, which he did say, and just let me be me. And... I think you let Jamie Foxx be Jamie Foxx because he he was really good in the movie. Um, Alfred Molina was fantastic. And I, oh, my God, when he talked to Peter after he, like, saved them from Electro and he's like, how are beautiful. you, boy? Huh? It was beautiful. Oh, man. Like, right yeah. here in the in the heart. Like, good Lord. I, I love that part in Spider-Man 2 where he's just, like, telling him to be a better person and all that and says, I'm just trying to be better one day at a time. Like, oh, Oh man, Larry you know David Faint gif. Like Jesus, that was incredible. You want me to make you uh, even sadder about that scene? Is like all the other villains go back to the universe and probably survive, except Molina, who had to pull that thing, the uh, energy thing under and died anyways, even though he was fixed. Well, I mean, it, it gave him some sort of closure, I think, to see Peter. Um, and then yeah, Sandman, we already talked about. He was just kind of there. Hey, I'm, I'm Sandman. Uh, and, you know, we well, talked. Really quick. Yeah. Really quick, really quick. Sandman and Electro, their relationship together, they, they had good chemistry. I yeah. will give them credit for that. Yeah. I, I mean, Sandman was obviously the lowest on the totem pole. <laughs> close with the lizard or close second. Because, like, Reese Iphens only had maybe five lines. And, like, when he became Dr. Connors again, he just, like, sits there naked. 
like just <laughs> chilling, waiting for them to, to, to get rid of the other three. Um, yeah, they, they were good together and I really don't have an issue with anybody. I just, I just couldn't, the more I got away from the movie, the more blown away I was by Willem Dafoe and like how it, it cements his legacy even more as like the best Spider-Man villain. Like by far, I don't think there's anyone that comes close. The the scene, the scene where they're in Happy's apartment, and him, Otto, and Norman are are making the cure. Where Peter, Otto, and Norman are making the cures for everybody, and Peter's spider senses go off, and it's yeah. like, and John Watts shoots it like he's. Like uh, like that scene in Saving Private Ryan, where the guy right. is like shell shocked, and like it's like it's white noise blaring, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and then he figures out that the goblin took over. Is fucking that? That is probably the best portrayal of Spider Sense on screen. I'm gonna be honest, because it's it shows bad. that it. Because it like it levels it levels Spider Sense out, right? Like I feel like it's so easy to make Spider Sense to make Peter like omnipotent with with Spider Sense, and I think the MCU movies do a really good job of like showing that like it, you really need to hone in on it to figure out what's wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and he like he just like shoots his hand. And then, like, that whole fight scene where Willem Dafoe and Tom Holland are fighting and he's, like, slamming him through the floors and stuff, that whole that, – that was the sickest fight scene in any Spider-Man movie. That – that I like that because that showed how much more powerful Strong. he is when the Goblin Serum kicks in. Like, because we didn't really see that in Spider-Man 1. We just saw, like, oh, he gets the serum. He can turn bad and get on the glider. And he does fight him in that movie, but not, like, this brutal. He just – you could feel that, like, like when he's go- going through like the multiple levels of the apartment complex. You could feel that, like, oof, that's got to fucking hurt. Yeah, this power bomb. This movie is it's violent. Like this is a yeah. like Tom Holland wasn't kidding. This movie is violent. He snapped. His Peter Parker snapped just trying to kick the shit out of the Green Goblin. It was awesome. Well, I also I, like speaking of that scene. Sorry, Trevor. When they're yeah. at the school. And um, and also, someone brought this up on Twitter. Apartment, uh, Andrew and Toby, and to- and Toby's asking MJ like, "Is there a place he goes? Uh, like, like I go to the Chrysler Building, right? And like Andrew's like, oh, I go to Empire State. Like, there was like a real, uh, there was like." a worse director probably would have been like would have made them have like a one upsman kind of relationship with each other. Yeah. Right. Where he goes, I go to the second tallest building in New York. Oh yeah. I go to the tallest, like, but to have, but to kind of level that out and to have Toby be like, that's great views. Yeah. It shows like the respect like they have for each other because their experiences are so similar. And when they're on the roof of the school and Andrew's talking about how after he lost Gwen, like he stopped, like he stopped pulling his punches. He became hateful. Like that's so, 
that's like that's where you that's where you get like the full Andrew Garfield experience because you really get that emotion and to have him pay it off by saving MJ during the final during the climax is gr- and he's like s- sobbing uncontrollably like that, I cried a little bit. It's perfect. It's I, so okay. perfect. So my tweet, my no context, no way home tweet. Thank you for reminding me. Um, it was a picture from Wayne's World when the one guy says, "I love you, man," and then at the end he's like, "I learned that you can have um, platonic love between two men." You know, like in the what did we learn from this movie? And then, uh, do you remember in Curb Your Enthusiasm when they had the Seinfeld reunion season? And they're celebrating, they have a party for Jason Alexander, and he has that book called Acting Without Acting. <laughs> and they make fun of it. That was what I felt when I saw Andrew Garfield catch MJ, as I think he was acting without acting. Like, I think part of it, obviously, his character, like, yes, I get to save this universe as Gwen. And, you know, I feel better about myself. But I think part of that was genuinely Andrew Garfield, like, this is great. Like, this is what it's like to be Spider-Man in a movie with a clear direction and a future. I just had to bring up that well, tweet. I mean, the Amazing Spider-Man series, it had a clear direction. It was right. just that they wanted to rush into some weird Sinister Six thing. Yeah. I mean, you Where see it, was, it at the yeah. end of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. You see the whole room with the villains. Which, like, that just, it would have been so inorganic. Like, Doc Ock, like, being evil right off the bat. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think think uh, also that, like, Sony made the mistake of of trying to do the MCU with a Marvel character without Marvel's help. And, like, you see things with, like, the DCEU or, like, Universal's Dark Universe where... (laughs) they try to where they just try to establish the universe from the jump and figure it out there. Right. They show, they show instead of tell. And the genius of the MCU was Iron Man for the first 95% of the runtime was just an Iron Man movie. There were Easter eggs, but there was nothing to indicate this is setting up a larger universe. And I think Iron Man 2 does a little more of that. And that's why Iron Man 2 is a little sloppier because you have to do things like, like show Cap Shield and, you know, have Coulson go to Albuquerque and have Fury do this weird, this weird morality test with Stark about being in the Avengers. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. I remember being in high school when those came out and just like, oh man like they're gonna make an avengers movie i didn't think it would grow into this like i'd be watching the same continuity the first one came out when i was in eighth grade iron man so i I mean i'm glad we got the garfield spider-man i mean most of i think was a learning lesson but like i just i wonder what would have been if like because you know so spider-man 3 comes out you know it does well it makes really good money but it's not well received for obvious reasons i still think it's a good movie but i know why people fucking hate it and i get it um i just think time has been more kind to it over the years that's still not memes 
Yeah, not I mean, because it's a good script. It's not. I, it's it's studio like, interference at its biggest at its most dangerous. I think like, within the context of Sam Raimi's filmography, and how Sam Raimi, and how Sam Raimi kind of sculpted the Spider-Man movies, like three three fits three fits in with those movies more than I think a lot of people like to admit, right? Because yeah. Tobey Maguire's Peter is a huge fucking dork, right? And when he gets the symbiote, it's essentially like. It's, and I think the way Raimi treated the symbiote was like, we're just going to do the nutty professor for a half hour. <laughs> He's buddy love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're just going to put Peter in a suit and have him fuck anything with a skirt and yell at the landlord about yell at the landlord and hit MJ and do all the stuff Peter wouldn't do. He's like, it, it was like Austin Powers getting his mojo. That's what it was like. Um, well, have you have you guys read like uh, it's not even leaked. I just I like had watched it on YouTube, like the Spider Man Four. Yeah, that Raimi had planned to do with it with like Vulture. It was yeah. getting ready to film. Yeah, Toby, it was four days out from filming. Yeah, like they had it ready, and they just pulled the plug. Like the, so, Sony's tweet was like Spider Man Four releasing May seventh, two thousand eleven. Yeah, and then like a week later, all of a sudden, Sony scraps plans rebooting entire universe. And I think at that point, if you're Sony, that's when you really should have called Marvel and said, "Let's talk, let's let's figure this out." And you could still have you could you could have still had Andrew Garfield be be him. I mean, they talked about that after the Amazing Spider-Man came out, where they're like, uh, "Yeah." Andrew Garfield might join the MCU, but if you're Sony in 2010, what movies had came out like like Captain America? Maybe that was either Iron Man. Iron Man Two was the most recent MCU movie in 2010. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you're like, okay, we could probably do what they're trying to do, but with just this character. Like, I mean, there's enough in the Spider Universe to like pull it off if you if you were really really good, right? But they just. They got so much stuff wrong. Like the Green Goblin was terrible. Electro was terrible. <laughs> and then I don't know if you've seen it, but like when the Sony emails came out, like yeah. Kevin Feige, the Kevin Feige email on how he would have fixed the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, I gotta the, I gotta read that one again. The Cosmonaut Variety Hour, uh, channel on YouTube. He he's he's really good at doing this. He did a breakdown of the Remy trilogy and the amazing Spider-Man movies. And he has, and he included a whole email. Oh no. Well, the, the care, the, uh, the cosmonaut variety hour stuff is still good. Uh, Mr. Sunday movies, yeah, Lucas, okay. you know, you know, Mr. Sunday movies, they did a yep. caravan of garbage of the amazing Spider-Man too. And like a whole section of the video is dedicated to the Sony hack. And that email Foggy sent Amy Pascal and he was basically like, these are your biggest problems in the movie. <laughs> and Sony didn't do anything about it. And like everyone bitches about those things being the biggest problem in the movie. Well, and I think like in that thing, they showed the the deleted scene where like Peter's dad shows up at uh, Uncle Ben's. Uh, 
it was grave. Gwen's. I think it was Gwen's grave. Or Gwen's grave. Yeah, and like that was so interesting. Like that could have been so cool to like to build off of because it's different. It was it was different and just the convoluted plot. It was terrible. That movie. Uh... I'm reading these notes and it's like <laughs> I wonder how. Much... I wonder how quickly he filled up. Look at how quickly he filled up his fucking notepad watching this movie. Like, yeah. we're not even at the intro of the movie and he's got like 20 notes. Like the opening, he he complains about the opening credits because, or the opening scenes because... Party Man dicks around too much? Between, he dicks around too much and like it's going back and forth between Gwen's speech and Spider-Man stopping the worst character in the history of Spider-Man movies, the Rhino. That like Paul Giamatti is such a good actor. Yeah, he's incredible. Like, and P- yeah. I remember watching uh, Amazing Spider-Man two in theaters, and like when Rhino came on the screen, I'm like, "Well, I think people are gonna stop bitching about Venom." <laughs> like we we have a new champion for the worst villain in the in the movies. Like, I have a hot take. I have a hot take about Topher Grace in Spider-Man three. Oh no! Okay, go ahead. And- and Mr. Sunday movies kind of kind of woke kind of awoke me to this to this feat as well. Uh, the idea of like Venom being like the anti Spider-Man, like it would make like it makes sense for Eddie Brock to be like the anti Peter Parker, right? Where 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 Peter is like this naive, selfless like, uh, you know, good-hearted kid, you have Eddie Brock, who's, like, this dickhead opportunist. Yeah. So, like, and I I will say, like, they're, like, similar, like, without the symbiote or, like, without him being Spider-Man, they're, like, kind of similar, like, build and stuff. They're just, like, yeah, on the opposite side of the spectrum uh, from each other. So Holy shit. That I mean that makes sense, but Topher Grace that was a terrible casting. Yeah. Uh, and New speaking- Goblin. New Goblin was horrible in that movie. Oh. The, the yeah. suit more than anything. It would have been cool if he wore his dad's suit. Not his dad's suit. Even his dad's suit, like William Will- Willem Defoe. Like they didn't need to put him in a suit. No. I think I think like like James, I think James Franco, if he hadn't gotten canceled, like he'd be like he'd be like mid two thousands Nick's Cage by now, hmm. where he would just do these completely incomprehensible projects <laughs> that no one understands. No, like, I don't agree. He, the last movie he did was the one about the room. I can't. Yeah, the, dis- the disaster art. Disaster oh, yeah, artist, disaster which is like a really that was a really good movie. It was, really it was but it's good. Like if you enjoy the room for what it is, and you understand like why Tommy Wiseau is the way he is, and the book is amazing too. Yeah, but if you just get down to like, but if you show someone who has never seen the room, the, <laughs> the disaster artist, they would go, "What the fuck is James Franco doing?" Yeah, like if like I watched the disaster artist with my parents on Prime Video. Uh, over quarantine and they were like what the fuck <laughs> they had no idea <laughs> i had to stop the movie find find clips of the room on i had to i showed them nostalgia critics review of the room 
Then we went back to Disaster Artist. <laughs> I I watched The Room after I saw The Disaster Artist, just because like the cast on The Disaster Artist is like, it's like what Seth Rogen, James Franco, uh, Nathan Fielder is in it. Dave yeah, Franco. Dave, um, Dave Franco. Dave Franco. Yeah, like that's that's a great cast. But back to back to Spider Man. I like I really like Aunt May's death and I like the decision to kill Aunt May because it really kind of sets up that it really kind of shows that the only way for Peter to fix this is to like erase it, he basically erase his existence, right? Like no one can know who Peter Parker is in order for everyone to get out of this mostly unscathed. And I think May's death kind of is kind of the genesis of that idea. See, I, my issue with the ending is like, I love the dynamic between Ned, MJ and Peter. Mm -hmm. Like that's the best part. And they've been building it up for three movies and it's like to have it taken away. Is, is just weird and like I mean maybe they could do something where like MJ and Peter still get back together and then Ned can have his he goes to MIT and turn into Hobgoblin somehow which would be interesting. I, I think Well they're setting happen. it up because of his because because he's able to open the portal and and you know his they mention about his family being magic and Hobgoblin isn't isn't like Green Goblin because he's he's Norman Osborn's son. He's like a magician who who takes inspiration from Green Goblin. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, in some iterations, Harry is Green Goblin, but in other cases, it's other friends of. I believe in the six one six timeline, it's not even Harry Osborn. I think Harry just takes up the mantle of of Green Goblin from Norman. Yeah, I think you're right. So in that's the 616 timeline is the main comics timeline for, for those who don't know. But if you're listening to this review at this point, you fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> so, but I thought the 616 uh, storyline ended with uh, Secret Wars, right? Yes and no. Uh, I mean, like there, I think they did a hard reset of 616. Uh, like six years ago, I kind of fell off on the comics. Uh, it's too expensive. It gets so expensive. That's my problem with that's that's been my problem with com- with trying to read comics is 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 reading comics. So another off track. I I really wanted to read the new uh, the new X Men run, the new run of X Men comics that came out. So I was waiting for the omnibus. Found the omnibus. And it was $60. No, thanks. To get, to get a hardcover omnibus of this, of this, it, it was a mini series, basically. It was an X-Men mini series, House of X, Powers of X. I would is recommend it, on, it. If it's on, on X, Marvel if it's Unlimited. on if it's on Marvel Unlimited, I think so, because I think the like, I think it's like a six months. It came out before yeah. COVID, like 20, 2019. So it's probably on unlimited. So if you got a burner email and want to check it out, I would recommend it. It's very good. Um, I, I want to bring something up since we're talking Green Goblin. 
I thought it was really funny how Chris Cooper for years said, I will never be in a superhero movie. And the one he chooses is the amazing Spider-Man two, which is like disliked by many. And he's not even green goblin. And he's just like a really shitty Norman Osborn who's like in his bed and is like, you're, you're going to get this disease too. And then dies. Well, I think the best thing about Chris Cooper's Norman Osborn was like, they're like, okay, we need you in a lab coat. Like he did the lab coat scene in three takes. And then he did the deathbed scene in two takes and he didn't do any makeup. He was just like on the treadmill for 45 minutes. <laughs> and then they like, and then they put green light on him in post. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm a head out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, see ya. See ya. So that's another like are they gonna do green goblin in the mcu now well so let's this is a good opportunity to to kind of get back on track and get to the ending so i i feel like the ending i feel like you guys feel differently about the ending than i do so let let me explain i think i like the hard reset i like the hard reset nature of the ending because this because Spider-Man truly is at his best at the ground level, right? When he has access to Stark tech and he's going into space and he's doing all this shit, you know, you lose that fundamental aspect that makes Spider-Man so popular and so relatable with so many people. Right. And the comics do it like the comics send them to space. The comics do all kinds of crazy shit. But Peter always goes back to New York City, right? That's what makes Peter, that's what, that's why so many people love Spider-Man is because he's so connected to the MCU and his, and he's relatable. He has struggles. He needs to pay rent, right? He's trying to, he's trying to have a normal life. He's trying to balance his work and his, his work life and his love life and his home life. Yeah. That's what Pete, that's what, that's what a lot of people love about Spider-Man most. It's escapism, but you can still relate to him, right? No one, re- no one relates to fucking Tony Stark. The only people who relate to Tony Stark are the worst fucking people on planet earth. You're not a billionaire playboy. <laughs> Genius philanthropist. No, you didn't, um, you didn't go. What was it? 11 for 12 on Maxim models. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. You know, a lot of people don't relate to Captain America because they didn't fight in World War II. A lot of people don't relate to Thor because they're not Norse gods. People relate to Spider-Man because Peter has to pay rent and has girlfriend troubles. That's the genius of the character. Uh, and I think returning him to that level it, and having him go back and having him make his own suit and not having to rely on on Tony Stark to like make him crazy ass shit with nanotech is gonna pay off once they do this new trilogy. I agree. Do you think do you think they're even gonna do a new trilogy or is this Pascal and Feige said yes and Holland <laughs> is down to return? So um I think I think they will. Pascal called it a college trilogy. Um well. They showed his G like they when they were like showing at the end they, like he had the GED. I don't know why he just doesn't go back. To high Town school. High. Yeah, no one knows who he is, anyways. 
Um, I don't know. Yeah. I thought there was a ton of plot holes at the end that I just, I was like, you guys just fit a square peg into a round hole because you had to. Well, I think the, I think the whole point of him getting his GED is like, it's the GED does provide flexibility where like going to school and then trying to have a job to pay rent while on top of trying to be Spider-Man. Like that's a lot of balls to juggle. Like he could be Spider-Man in the past because he had a place to go to. Right. When he was done being Spider-Man, he didn't really need income. I, so, I hope in the next trilogy we get a uh, you'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. I really I really want that. Um, I love Mr. Dickovich. Best character of the Raimi trilogy. That'd been great if he appeared in the portal. I was waiting rent? for it. Rent? <laughs> uh, okay. I'd say want want to go through our final thoughts like um, I'll I'll start it off. Like I thought it was a great movie, top three Spider-Man movie of all time. Um, it was just it was a lot of member berries, but in a good way. It was like Spider-Man's greatest hits, and also like fixing the wrongs that other movies did. And I really like that part of it. And um, I'm excited to see the the consequences of what this movie has done. Like. Loki set the path for this movie. Now I want to see how it impacts Doctor Strange 2, which looks pretty fucking awesome. And like how it's going to impact Ant-Man. And obviously we have King the Conqueror coming in the MCU. And I wonder how it's going to impact the X-Men being revealed in the Fantastic Four. So I'm excited for the future that this movie shows more, even more than the even though more than I was for the movie itself, which was I was really hyped. Yeah, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, I like to piggyback off what you said. Yeah, it's definitely a top three Spider-Man movie. There were member berries, but it, it wasn't to its detriment. Like, no, it, it just like it gave characters new life. Like Jamie elect or Jamie Foxx's Electro. Like that's an awesome character now. Like completely changed how I feel about it. Uh, Willem Dafoe, like getting to see him again. That was incredible. Like to me, this movie it's definitely like an eight out of 10 for me. Cause I do think there are some plot holes. The next trilogy is going to be interesting. Um, another plot hole. When does Dr. Strange, after he casts that spell, at what point does he forget about Peter Parker and that he casts the spell? Well, yeah, I think, I think that'll be answered in multiverse of madness. And um, I think that'll be answered in multiverse of madness. Go ahead, Carter. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you, they mentioned in the movie, it's like you cast that spell. So um, I love this movie. It gave me everything I wanted and more. Uh, I think the biggest thing, I the first thing I said when I left the theater and got in a car and closed the door so nobody heard me spoil anything was, I saw Matt Murdock tonight. I won. <laughs> and uh, and um, I, liked, uh, I liked when it was all three of them, uh, when they're prepping for the villains, and they're all talking to each other and the, the dialogue is just uninterrupted for a couple minutes. And it's like, this is what people wanted to see. They wanted to see all three Spider-Men just interacting with each other and how they were hyping each other up. I also loved how uh, <clears throat> um, when Max got beat and he said, I thought, I thought you'd be black. <laughs> He's like, I hope there's a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. And so, and also, and I also remember uh, Donald Glover's character, in homecoming mentioned 
because he's Aaron Davis because he and he mentioned that uh, he had a nephew. So in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm thinking Miles Morales exists in Tom Holland's Spider-Man first then. So I mean a, a Miles Morales. I mean, I don't know if it but it would be so perfect. Like give Spider-Man one more solo movie and at the end maybe kind of do something like the PS4 game where Miles gets introduced halfway yeah. through. That would be cast for it. Probably Probably, I mean, like, I trust Feige and Sarah Haley Finn and the whole staff at Marvel. A lot of lazy motherfuckers are going to cast Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things (laughs) because that's like the one young black actor they know. Well, who does Sony or Marvel have miles? It'd be Marvel. Sony, Sony has Sony has everything. Any. If it showed up in a Spider-Man comic, if it's a rigid, if it's a rigid, if it first appeared in a Spider-Man comic, Sony has it. Sony, yep. Interesting. And they'll they'll work out a deal of some sort again. They have to, because like Sony, they trip over their own feet. Even the Venomverse, terrible. Like I hate those. Like so, like Marvel, all they have to say is you like you like making money with these movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, let us lead the way, and you can join in on the fun. Well, I think I I truly do think Sony Sony has learned Sony and Pascal have learned a lot from working with Marvel. I truly do, and I think Venom is kind of like the dying breaths of the old Sony of the of the old way Sony would handle uh, the the Spider Man universe. Yeah, and uh, Morbius I think is going to be pretty fucking bad. Because it looks terrible. I watched the, the trailer for the first time yesterday and it looked like an affliction shirt. Looks like a reheated shirt. <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be if it doesn't have it if if there's no evanescence in, in Morbius, then I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I uh, hate I, I hate Jared Leto. Jared Leto is awful. 30 seconds yeah. to Mars, cool. Jared Leto, the actor, piece of shit. Off. Even though yeah. he was even though he was pretty good in Dallas, he was very good in Dallas. He was fantastic in that movie. But, but his Joker is just so bad. Yeah, his Joker's bad. He was he was bad in Blade Runner 2049, I think. That's uh, my favorite movie of all time, too. The Little Things, The Little Things was a big bag of shit. Yeah. As much as Dan as much as Denzel tried to make it. That's like, a wet gassy fart of a movie. As as I like to say. You know, but no, like I, I, I do really, I do really think Sony is learning a lot from Marvel, and like I, I think if they're gonna try their own live action Spider Verse, I would like for them to do it with Garfield, Me um, too. because I think there's a lot of Garfield story left to tell, and I think you get closure with Toby at the end of Spider Man Three, and you even get it here where uh, they're in the lab making the cures and they wa- they're watching Tom's Peter and MJ interact and they're asking, like, do you have, like, someone like that? And Toby goes, it was rough for a while, but we made it work. So, obviously, he ends up with, with Kristen Dunst, with MJ, with MJ in his universe, with Kristen Dunst. So, I think, I don't think you need to revisit it. Um Unless you can pay Toby Maguire in casino comps somehow, I'm not sure how that works. Uh, 
maybe you need to create your own underground poker game <laughs> for him. <laughs> I I think what's going to happen is I really believe that Feige and Pascal are going to kick the tires with Andrew on giving him an amazing Spider-Man three. And I think it, I think it's going to happen in some form and Toby's going to come back, but I think it's going to be a little while from now. Like if they ever try to do secret wars, I think he is going to come back in because could always use some more money to put on the poker table. I yeah. see. I don't and want I them think to make there's, I think there's even opportunities for to fold in Toby and Andrew and even Tom in in the animated Spider Verse. Yeah, but I'm good. I, we don't need that. Yeah, I mean, I we don't, but I think it would be kind of like a layup for them to do that. Um, I'm very excited for Across the Spider Verse. I'm fucking hyped. That movie looks nuts. You got fucking Oscar Isaac voicing a Spider Man. Fucking he's, sick as fuck. He's Spider Man 2099, right? Yeah. Oh shit! Um, it's, it's Oscar Isaac. I didn't know that. He, yeah. yeah. He's the goat. So. He's gonna be Moon Knight and Spider Man 2099. That's pretty sick. But go like the Amazing Spider Man 3 thing. I don't want it at the detriment of a Tom Holland trilogy starting. No, I don't, I don't, you know I don't I mean? think they, I don't think they would do it either. Uh, I think it would be a good, I think it would be good for the longevity of, of, of Tom Holland in the MCU. If, if they, if Sony were able to get their own spider franchise with, uh, with Andrew Garfield going and I'm, I would love an amazing Spider-Man three if they just like ignore the shit that sucked about amazing Spider-Man one and two. They'd have to retcon so much. I, I just don't, I like, I don't even think you need to retcon. And I think it's been long enough where you can just like ignore it. Like Gwen's dead. uh, Gwen's dead. Go. (laughs) You don't need to do like the weird captain, captain Stacy hallucinations. You don't need to have that weird... Especially fedor- Dennis Leary. Yeah, you don't need to have that m- m'lady motherfucker talking to people in jail. Uh, you Are could you probably the gentleman? Yeah. You could probably, like, retool Dane DeHaan to be, like, better. Dane DeHaan's too good of an actor to come back to that after that bullshit. But you don't need to deal... You don't need to deal... You don't need to deal with Lizard. You don't need to deal with Electro. Uh, Rhino, you can just do a bit in the beginning of the movie where he's in jail or whatever. I don't fucking care, and you can just go from there. Yeah, I, I would, agree with that. I would be interested to see how he would like Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker and Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. <laughs> like, cool. like that, because, that would be pretty sick. Because I think that's the only way they could do this is like somehow bring back carnage and do those two fighting somehow i don't don't know either it it would be tough i don't know i just want i want more tom holland i want to see what happens with the symbiote that have like with the mid credit scene i mean it's obvious flashes it's gonna be flash like i like they're setting it up to be flash but the Flash in this universe sucks. Like he's very much such so. a like. He's just like a, a small dweeb kid. Like 
but you know. can set that but you can set that up where like flash goes to college and everyone thinks he's a fucking loser so he gets real jacked like that's happened to friends of mine where like they're not getting laid in college so they just spend all their free time in a gym and get really fucking jacked and become assholes like that's happened to people i know so that's like you have like the perfect explain you have like the perfect setup there for flash but like flash doesn't have the oh he might say the spider-man obsession yeah, well, because no one, no one's gonna for, no one forgot who Spider Man is. They forgot who Peter Parker was, right? Right. So, like, so I don't know the so Agent Venom, Agent Venom with that Flash Thompson. I just don't, I don't think it would be very cool. They they should just recast Flash Thompson as like The Rock or something. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's pretty. I think we kind of talked about talked it out i mean do you guys have any more thoughts? yeah my final my final final thought yes uh i'm so happy john watts got the keys to fight fantastic four i'm so happy fantastic f- yes yeah, yeah. john oh, watts is doing fantastic like a year four. ago yeah do they, when they have d- castings yet no nope. not yet probably there 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 probably is a cast we just don't know yeah because it's I supposed to come out <clears throat> I bet it's not John Krasinski and people are going to get mad. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't, no, I don't want it either. I don't want it either. I think John I Krasinski do. is in the MCU, but he's something that we don't know. So I, I'm very, I'm excited for, I'm, I'm very happy John Watts got, got, got Fantastic mm-hmm. Four because Fantastic Four is like my all time hands down when if you if you put a gun to my head say you can only breed one comic for the rest of your life i'm picking fantastic four hmm. and it started because uh one summer i got grounded for being an asshole and i couldn't watch tv for like <laughs> three weeks so my parents took me to the library and i picked out this massive omnibus of fantastic four comics and it was basically the entire original stanley stanley jack or uh the entire Lee Ditko run of the, of the fantastic four. And I tore through it and I've been on fantastic four ever since. And like the running joke is like the best fantastic four movie is the Incredibles, (laughs) which is like kind of true, but I like, I think John Watts has like, has such a strong sense of, of character development and, how humans talk to each other that I think he's really going to nail the family, the familial, the familial aspect of the fantastic four that center to the characters. And I'm just very happy. He's going to get this. Role. So, so you're saying with, with a familial aspect, he's going to draw a lot from the fast and furious movies. Exactly. Teach us yeah. a lot about family. Uh, okay. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Dr. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Vin, Diesel, <laughs> Vin, Vin Diesel, Dr. Doom, and Reed Richards, uh, double duty. Uh, He's every role. It's going to, they're going to do, Murphy. yeah, they're going to do uh, weird CGI Paul Walker as Human Torch. Oh. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Jason Statham as the thing. That could be and, cool. And Michelle Rodriguez as, as Sue Storm. No. Wait, Tell me why so should be Doctor Doom. What? 
Tommy Wiseau should be Dr. Doom. Did I did I stumble across something good with Jason Statham as the thing? You did. I Maybe. would be completely okay with that, I think. Because I want I want the I don't know if you guys watch you guys watch Letter Kenny on Hulu. I tried. No. I tried. I, I think I think the main boys. guy, yeah, I think the main guy from Letter Kenny should be the thing. I could see that. He's got the build and he's got the face. Yeah. Um Anybody else have final thoughts before we before we move along and, and end it? When does Batman come in? Mart. Oh. Mart. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait until the MCU the MCU introduces Mind Goblin. He's one of my favorite villains. <laughs> yeah, it's Saw so- Sawcon, he'll be introduced. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I'm I'm excited for the future, like I said at the beginning. I I can't wait to see a, a, an X Men in the neck in the Doctor Strange movie because I'm I would be shocked if that didn't happen at this point. The way that movie looks, we're getting an X Men, whether it's a new one or one that we've seen before, like one of our good friends from past. I, I think we're getting one. It's it's inevitable at this point. Deadpool would be fucking funny. Oh, Deadpool, yeah. I would. I wish they made Deadpool three sooner rather than later because like Deadpool could just like randomly go, oh hey. Look who I found, and it's like the whole cast of the new X Men. <laughs> like he, like he just opens a room, and it's like everyone there, and they're like he just shuts the door. That would be so great. Like he did in Deadpool two when like they shut the door on him. Um, I don't know. I could I could go without Deadpool because it's like the whole like this is lay epic. Like it's just like <laughs> not, like it's not a serious character, and I love X Men. X Men are my favorite. So De- Deadpool provides. I think the, the much needed humor and in some of these serious movies, like Spider-Man was full of humor, but it was also a very serious and heavy movie like Deadpool. I like the breath of fresh air that he gives to, to these characters. Sorry. Go ahead, Carter. My problem with Deadpool in the MCU is they're going to tone him way down because they have to make him like Disney and like family friendly. Feige and Feige and Reynolds. Met- I mean, yeah, I, yeah, they'll probably find a way, but it's probably not going to be the same. Reynolds said, yeah. Feige said he's okay with keeping it R-rated. So my an R-rated Disney movie. <laughs> my pitch, my pitch for uh, Deadpool in the MCU is when he's in a team-up movie and it needs to be PG-13, you leave everything the same, but you censor, but you censor you censor his swearing and the and like the buzzer instead of the beep is like the Mickey Mouse laugh. <laughs> it, would be, it would be so annoying but yeah that's kind of funny or they'll just be like i've been told not to swear in this movie so i'm gonna be a good boy and that way you can bypass that part and then make it funny like oh he's just like or he could be like i got my balls cut off or something um well, okay really quick while i have you guys because i want to talk about this because i saw it on reddit yesterday as a, a theory but like in the multiverse of madness like they have an illuminati but it's like it's not the like our like the mcu's tony stark reed richards uh bruce banner it would be like the bruce banner from eric banna it would be like they said they did a random casting it was like tom cruise's tony stark which makes a lot of sense um and then the guy that played uh, Reed Richards in the first yeah, series. Yeah, Owen Gruffold. Ian, Ian Gruffold. Ian Gruffold. Yeah, yeah. 
I had no idea what that guy's first name was looking at it. But, and then someone else, they suggested, oh, Professor X, like Patrick Stewart. That'd be and cool. I was like, that would be sick. That would be incredible. That's that's what it's leaning towards is that they, they're in the movie. And that, that's what I've read. And it's not fact right now, but like, they just recently decided to reshoot a shit ton of Doctor Strange 2. Not because the movie's bad, but because they said, we're adding in like a shitload of people that they said sched like instead of calls have been made schedules are free now so they're they probably called some people that we're not gonna even see coming like yeah i'm I'm gonna shit myself if i see patrick stewart like that's gonna be mind-blowing i want him the only give me him and give me uh What's his name? Uh, Wolverine. I can't think of his name right now. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. He, give me Hugh Jackman is Wolverine Oof. and Patrick Stewart. I'm good. I don't need another, no other cameos. And I'm. It's going to be an awesome movie. I, I can't wait for Doctor Strange too. I think Sam Raimi is, is a king of, of, this is like his type of MCU movie to make. So it's right up his alley. Our, my good friend, Sam Raimi, um, Michigan, Native Sam Raimi, MSU grad, MSU yeah, MSU grad Sam Raimi. Sam, come on to the pod. Open. Dude, invite. I should try to reach out to him. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Do it. I will. Um, okay, I think we're pretty good here. Like Larry David, I think that's it. I think we're pretty good. Um, all right, so I'm gonna end it right now. Trevor, thank you for coming on, man. This was to quote Jeff D. Lowe. This has been an absolute blast. Yeah, I love I love shooting the shit, especially about this like Marvel stuff because I don't really talk about it with. Right. Uh, I have like a few friends that like are into it, but well, yeah, any talk. Thanks for having. When when more Marvel shit comes out, we'll 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 definitely have you back on. Even if you don't, even if it's not Marvel shit, we'll have you back on. So you have an open invite, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> Dab, uh, Carter, SD, Trevor, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We are going on a break. We will be back after the new year. Um, in, in advance, happy birthday to my wife, Cassie. That's probably, that's part of the break too. Is like, I have to do my wife, my wife. My wife. <laughs> uh, my wife. And then we'll come back with a January 6th Memorial special. It's, it's going to be incredible. Um, special guest, Gary McNamara. <laughs> uh, Slim Sparty. Wolverine devotee is going to make an appearance. <laughs> Farm uh, dog from his own memorial on his own shitty ranch. <laughs> <and> Howl. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be back early 2022. Like the first first week of January, we'll be back. Um, we'll have a game or two. Actually, we'll just have one game to talk about from it. We'll delve the fucking Peach Bowl. I don't know why they skipped that in my mind. Uh, we'll talk to Peach Bowl. We'll talk. We'll talk to Michigan Wolverines if if the if the game happens. You know if if the if Georgia doesn't get coward nineteen, um, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Um, fellas, except for Trevor, uh, go green. Lucas, wait. You need to go back and put this in the intro. Oh. Uh, you know I'm something of a podcaster myself. I just thought of that just now. Okay, yeah, I'll have to do that. All right, all right, all right, guys. Uh, Trevor, you can say whatever you want. Carter and SD, go green. Go white. Go white. Go (laughs) Spider-Man.